Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is the great investigative journalist, John Solomon. Uh, John, wow, what did you make of the timing of this? Here he was supposed to kind of tell all, and you could tell this guy was talking all over the place. It, It seemed like he was talking to some unusual podcast. I mean, all these different podcasts, all these different interviews, he was ready to yap, and suddenly he gets basically busted, and now he's clamping up. Yeah, well, listen, it's a dramatic thing. I I thought it was amazing that a man in the direct targets of the Justice Department was considering testifying uh, before a House Banking Committee this morning or to be doing interviews. I think he was a defense lawyer's nightmare because everywhere he went, he added to his story of carelessness, recklessness, perhaps intentional fraud. And I think uh, today that story ended with his arrest uh, overnight in Bahama. I think a lot of people will think, uh, well, maybe the Justice Department was trying to silence him. Certainly the timing is suspect, and I don't believe there are coincidences in Washington, but his arrest was inevitable. And I think what's more important now is to focus on the facts that are before us. This isn't just a fraud involving uh, securities and commodities and billions of dollars stolen from investors. That is absolutely true. It mirrors some of the other great frauds in history. Maybe this is even larger than most of the ones in history. But this is also going to be one of the largest campaign finance scandals in American history. Why do we say that? Because in the indictment today, in the news conference today, the U.S. attorney said that when he diverted these billions of dollars from his investors uh, on the crypto exchange to one of his private companies, he then made millions of dollars in contributions funded from the, the theft of those funds. Millions. We're not talking about um, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand. They're talking about millions of dollars of donations stolen from the money of investors, and sometimes made in the names of other people. We call those straw donors. Uh, they allege at least $25,000 in candidate donations were made in the name of others from his proceeds. But the prosecutor repeatedly kept talking about millions of dollars of donations are involved in this. What does that mean? Most of his money went to the Democratic Party. We know that. He was uh, the first, second largest identified donor to Democratic causes in this past election. It means the Democratic Party aided and abetted in these uh, donations, whether they knew it or not. They were taking money from a young kid that had a sudden wealth that no one had really questioned, and they were moving it into their offers to help win the 2022 election. This is going to be a political scandal, not just a financial scandal. You know, when you bring up all the straw donations um, and you use the phrase like aided and abetted, do you believe, I guess the quick question is, and that's the issue is, did they know um, or were they, as you bring up, were they just um, reckless that they never investigated? Here's this sudden guy who looks like he just got like out of summer camp yeah. uh, and the way he dressed with his shorts and the whole to do. And they obviously clearly they didn't care. They just wanted the money. Um, could you know, the question is, as you suggest, John, either they were reckless or they didn't do a thorough investigation of who this guy was with suddenly tons of money. And do they need to now return all the money? The White House was asked, will Joe Biden return the money that he got, you know, and they wouldn't even answer yet. 
Well, listen, the Democrats faced these very same questions three decades ago during the Clinton White House when we had the big Asia fundraising scandal. And the same question existed then. Wouldn't Democrats be suspicious when Buddhist monks were making money when they don't have any jobs? And uh, and the Democrats didn't ask questions then. And I think in this case here, you have that same willful blindness. And, and let's keep in mind, there are about 250000 of these million-dollar uh, donations that went to Republican and conservative causes, too. But it's a small percentage, I think. I read about 5% of his money went to Republicans right now that we know of. But uh, no one seemed to question how does this young boyish face who came out of nowhere, where's his money coming from? What is the status of this crypto exchange? Should we really be taking $100 million from a guy where we don't really know how long his business has been in place? I mean, you get to Elon Musk, you know he's been around 10 or 20 years. You get to you know Jeff Bezos at Amazon or George Soros, They've been making money for a long time. You can understand their established businesses. This guy's a flash in the pan, and all of a sudden he's the second largest donor in the Democratic elections, up against some of the biggest heavyweights in political history. And no one seemed to ask the fundamental question, whose money is this? Where is this coming from? And now we know from the indictment today, if prosecutors are telling us the truth, this money was defrauded from investors and routed into the political system in one of the largest political fundraising scandals in history. You know, the question is, too, also, John Solomon, is that what was he expecting, too? I mean, you know, this guy, yeah. the thing, it's it's interesting because he was clearly, like, talking all over the place. He was clearly sloppy, just like you said. I mean, it's like the writing sort of on the wall that he should have been looked into when suddenly don't, somebody's donating that kind of money. But he seems like the kind of guy that, you know, he goes before somebody and says, hey, you know, I'll give you this, but do me a favor if you could kind of blank, blank, blank. Um, you know, I'm curious, what was he expecting in return? You don't just suddenly donate all that money without something that you're sort of hoping to achieve. This didn't get a lot of attention, but about a week ago, two good government groups, Public Citizen and Crew, uh, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, they filed complaints. And the, the narrative that they told, they foretold what where prosecutors were headed in these complaints. They said he was trying to buy influence with the money of his investors, buy influence. That's the thing we always hear in Washington, buy access, buy influence. And I think at the end of the day, we don't know what that influence was aimed at. Was he trying to get uh, less regulation for the crypto markets? Did he have some other agenda? We won't know that until this case develops more. And, of course, he should be given the presumption of innocence, like all people are, until they're convicted. But we now have strong signs that this money was at an effort of buying influence. That's what the original civil complaints alleged a week ago before the Justice Department came in and confirmed that they also believe these donations are suspect. So uh, we're going to learn a lot more about what those intentions are, who he was contacting, what favors he had. The important thing in this case is that the current CEO of the company is cooperating fully, which means there's not going to be any difficulty in prosecutors getting the evidence they need to understand. And when you hear the successor to Sam bankman uh, 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 Fried talk today, he said there was just simply no accountability, no financial controls whatsoever. And oftentimes money moved without any documentation. So this is going to be a case of extraordinarily bad uh, management, quick movement of money, and it's going to take the testimony of witnesses to let us know what was Sam Friedman Bank trying to get from, from his money. Yeah, big time. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, that guy was like, it was simple embezzlement. That was wild to hear that guy say that. John Solomon, you are awesome. Thank you for being here, John. We appreciate it. 
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 